let's get into today's service. I'm really excited. We're starting Sabbath. Sabbath. And, 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 it's just, and it's a major theme in the Bible. I don't know if you know this. When you read the Old Testament, it's a major theme. It's spoke about it in the New Testament. And a lot of us are kind of confused around what Sabbath actually is. Is Sabbath on a Sunday or it's on a Saturday? You may know some people who go to church on a Saturday. And sometimes, you know, we can have these kind of, kind of crazy conversations that we really shouldn't. We really shouldn't, because um, we, we, be, we should be coming together and, and celebrating uh, uh, what we do anyway, whether it's Saturday or Sunday. So this is what this whole series is about, getting into Sabbath. What is Sabbath? What does it mean for us today? Do we still observe the Sabbath? And uh, what, is, what is this word Sabbath? So that's, um, that's what this whole series, this whole month is all about. It's gonna answer, we're not going to answer all the questions in one day, but we're going to be answering it through, through this month, so you don't want to miss out any part of the series. Um, so... Um, so enjoy the series. Well, when, you, when, you, when you're reading the paper or you're watching the news online, you know, what's always, what the first thing that comes into, you, into to your mind and, or right at you is the coronavirus that's, that's wreaking havoc across the globe. It really is. You know, like, it's pretty worrying. You know, like us here in New Zealand, we're like, we went, we went hard, we went early. And now we're now reaping the benefits of, of that hard work we did. But, but at the same time, right, we've still got to be cautious. Because, you know, we still got people coming back and, and then we're trying to put them in quarantine and, and people escaping quarantine and things like this. And, and, and it's kind of nervous. And, and so we've got to be careful. And, um, but when, even in Australia, I was reading that Victoria, Victoria considering to go down to follow the way of New Zealand, go to level four in Victoria. So if you're in Victoria, uh, hey, it's, uh, stay safe. <laughs> I was going to say that. Uh, but really, it, it's, it's this whole thing. And in Australia, we're like, no, we're not going to go the way of New Zealand. Now they're considering it. And, it, and it's just this whole thing, and it's, and it's kind of caused us to stop. You know, remember we went to level four. Many of us, if we, if we weren't like um, frontline workers, we, we, was, we were caused to stop from work and we had to be at home. Um, and, and it's really amazing because think about around the world, what happened? Sports came to a stop. I was talking to some, some ladies, they said that, that I've, uh, something happened, that, uh, pray, or answered to prayer, the sports stopped. You know, finally my husband stopped watching sports because it had to stop. Uh, but in New Zealand, we're back into it again. But sports had to stop. Not only sports stopped, but also the, the porn industry had to stop. It was as if God was trying to grab our attention. Trying to grab our attention. And, and, and to bring us to a place of stop. And this word stop, it comes from the Hebrew word. In Hebrew, it means, it means Shabbat. Everybody say Shabbat. Just be careful how you say that word, Shabbat. It's, <laughs> this word Shabbat, it means to stop or to cease from. It's where we get our English word Sabbath from. The Sabbath word comes from the word Shabbat. So Sabbath means to stop or to cease from. So, the, so it's, it's as if God caused the world to Sabbath, to stop and know that He is God, that He toppled the idols of this world the gods of this world, this, um, porn had to stop, sports had to stop, all these idols were toppled, and God was proclaiming to stop and know that I am God. Sabbath. Sabbath means to stop, to rest, to cease from. But before, before our forced lockdown, right, we, you know, before this forced Sabbath that we had to do, life was go, go, go. Now we're kind of back into life, and, we, and uh, the lockdown seems like a distant memory for some of us. It seems so long ago. And it seems like we're back into go, go, go again. 
And, and, and even if, we, if you try to break or you try to have a rest to yourself or keep to yourself, if you, if you, if you slow down, you kind of feel a bit guilty that you're having a rest and because we, we, it just feels like it's all about, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, and, and work and schooling, it's non-negotiable, you have to do this, and if you've got children, you've got even less time, and, and it's just go, 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 and there's no rest, and, it, and, and rest it almost seems it's hard to obtain. Because there's, there's babies to feed, there's, there's, mouth to, um, there's um, babies to feed, there's mouths to feed as well. Get each own mouth as well. <laughs> Bills to pay, jobs to perform. How are we even expected to rest? And if you're looking for a subtitle for today's message, it is rest. Rest. And yet God has called us to Shabbat, to Sabbath, to rest. So when we open up our Bibles, when we go to the first page in Genesis, God begins to create, begins to create. And you know, and after each day, and God creates in six days, everybody says six days, right? And after each creation, it's followed with this phrase, that it, was, it was evening and then it was morning, right? And it's this phrase, after each day he created, that phrase followed, except for when he came to the seventh day. When God comes to the seventh day, he stops. He Shabbats, he, he, he Sabbath, he rests. And that phrase, that phrase that it was evening and that it was morning, it doesn't appear on this day. Because the seventh day rest, the seventh day ideal wasn't meant to stop. It wasn't meant to come to, it was meant to be a day that continued to carry on. Where we continue to live within God's ideal rest. Because God, in creation, God, he, he plants this garden in an area called Eden. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called the Garden of Eden. And in this garden, it is amazing. It's got all these amazing fruits, bananas, pawpaw, mangoes, coconut. <laughs> all these fruits there. And it, was, and it was always ripe. And all these beautiful ripe. Have you ever eaten fruit? If you, if you come from a tropical place, you, you, you might have already experienced this. Have you ever eaten a tropical fruit straight off the vine? It is so rich and sweet. When, we go, when I went back to Raro for a family reunion, just going, you know, we're just grabbing the mangoes off the tree and you're eating the mangoes so sweet. Even a banana, I've never had a banana so sweet. And the watermelons and, thing, and all these amazing fruits, I feel like being there right now. I remember going to Raro and, and for breakfast I just had mango, I had pawpaw, I had coconut, I had watermelon. It was so sweet and rich. And when it came to nighttime, because I wasn't so used to this rich food, my stomach was in knots. I was in pain, and I learned a real hard lesson. You know, uh, if you go to the islands, take it easy on that fruit, okay? Just take it easy. Learn from my mistake. I'm so used to eating fruit that's been ripened in a box. <laughs> the bananas that's been ripened in a box, and, and it's not as rich there. But, but this is what the Garden of Eden was like. And all, so, so Adam and Eve, and God places Adam and Eve in this garden. When we think of a, of a pagan temple, a pagan temple is a counterfeit of God's temple. So when God creates Adam, Eden, it's where heaven and earth overlaps. It's this creation. Because what do you find in a pagan temple? What's at the center of a pagan temple? It's an idol. It's an image. It's a counterfeit of God's creation. Because what does God place in his temple? He places an image, his image. And who's made in his image? He places man, humanity. We're made in God's image. And he places us at the center of his creation. And, and this amazing thing called Eden, and, and, and this is, and, and to begin, and God will walk with Adam. Can you imagine that? This place, Eden, is where heaven and earth overlapped. It came together. And, and Adam would, would walk with God. 
And in this place where heaven and earth overlapped was the tree of life, was in this garden, was where heaven and earth overlapped, and they began and, and to walk in this rest. And, and Adam had a job. His job was to till, it was to work the garden, right? But it wasn't work to survive. He didn't have to plant food to, so he can live. He would plant and make things just to, just to be creative. Oh, I think, see if I can make a, look, I've made this amazing little shape. I'm going to call this a love heart out of these these flowers that I'm going to call roses. He's making, he, wasn't, he wasn't planting stuff so he can survive because he had all these fruits and all these things he can eat. It was amazing. It was, he was creating. He was working out of rest. Working out of rest. And we know what it's like to work out of rest. Where, 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 I'm, where I'm going somewhere for holiday. I'm working somewhere, but I'm working. I'm enjoying it. And this was this ideal, this ideal rest place, this seventh-day rest, that this gift that God had gave to humanity, gave to us. God's plan was to sh- share the world with his people. To have his plans and his will be brought about through people. Because God wants to use people. And guess what? God still does. He wants to use you. He still wants to use you. So remember that phrase? It was evening, and then it was morning. It doesn't appear on the seventh day, and because this day, this ideal rest, was, wasn't meant to end. God's original plan for humanity was to reign with him and his rest until the thing that God created was lost. This amazing seventh-day rest, this thing that God created and had made holy was lost. Because humanity decided to rule on its own terms. Isn't that true of us? You can't tell me what to do. I'm going to do things my own way. Isn't that true of us? I'm going to do things on my own terms. And no one's going to tell me what to do. Not even God's going to tell me what to do. Because we want to do things on our own terms. So humanity steps out of this ideal seventh-day rest and begins to toil the ground to survive. So now Adam is toiling the ground, not out of rest, but to survive. Because he decided to, to rule under his own terms. And he stepped out of this ideal rest. See, you may have lost your hope in God, but God has not lost his hope in you. God never loses his hope in you. And he never lost his hope in in humanity either. Because God sets in motion that one day, humanity will return to this ideal seventh day rest, the Sabbath day. In fact, if you could go back to biblical times, And if you would go to Jerusalem, the biggest building you'll see is a temple, is the temple that God had instructed Israel to build. First it was a tabernacle, it was a tent. Then when they were settled in the promised land, they built the temple. And the Jews really believed that God lived and resided in this temple. As well as he lived in heaven, he also lived in this temple because the temple was a picture, was a symbol of the Garden of Eden where heaven and earth overlapped. And then there was a holy of holies, heaven and earth had overlapped. This was this picture. It was a symbol pointing to that one day that God will fill his creation again, fill his temple with his presence. It was a picture that one day God will come and do this. And just like the temple, so it is with the Sabbath, but even more so. The Sabbath was even more so than the temple. What the Sabbath is to time is what the temple was to a place. Jerusalem. In fact, Rabbi, get his name right, Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel 
This is how he described it. He described it like this. The Sabbath is to time what the tabernacle and temple are to space. It's a cathedral in time. The Sabbath was the Sabbath day. The Sabbath was when the age to come came into the present age now. It's where God's future came together with God's present. And it was held together in the Sabbath. In the Sabbath, this thing called the Sabbath day rest. So God told Israel to stop, to Shabbat, to Sabbath, and on the seventh day to rest from work. And so the Israelites did this. So on the seventh day, which was the seventh day? It was Friday night because your day started in the evening. Isn't that such a good way to start a day? You start in the evening, you start from rest. It started, Saturday, it started Friday night, and then it ended Saturday night, so Saturday evening. So that was the seventh day. That was the seventh day. It was this day. So, this is, so God told Israel to stop. Stop from work. Not only did you stop from work, but your servants stopped from work as well. Not, not only did your servants stop from work, but all your livestock stopped as well. It was, it was as if that for this one day a week, it's as if that, 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 that we're living in, in this seventh day rest now. And it was a picture that God was saying that, was saying that, it is, that, that this rest is coming again. The seventh-day rest is pointing to that one day, this anticipation that my seventh-day rest is coming again. Just as it did in, the, in Genesis, it is coming again. And this is what, this, what the seventh-day picture was. So for thousands of years, Israel waited in anticipation for the hope that, of the return of the seventh-day rest by observing the Shabbat. The Sabbath day. So this is what it looked like. So for a Jewish person today, so even today, a Jewish person still observes the, the Shabbat, the Sabbath. And this is what it looked like to a, for a Jewish person. So if you were going to observe the Sabbath day, this is what it looked like. So on Friday evening, you'll be like hustling and bustling, rushing around, getting all your shopping. It's kind of like you've ever been like um, Christmas is coming, it's Christmas Eve, and you know that all the shops are going to be closed. So what does it look like the day before Christmas? And have you ever been to, ever ventured out to the to Pack and Save or to the, uh, to the Norton Shopping Center. <laughs> Tell you what, I went out to the Norton Shopping Center, it was like there was no joy there. It was like everybody fighting for car spaces and, uh, and things like that. And everybody's in there like buying all the milk, like there's no milk. Like I know, I know the shop's going to be closed for one day, but it is going to be open again. Okay, but everybody, you, you've all been there, we're buying all the stuff, buying the strawberries, the chocolate, the go and for Christmas lunch. And, and, and so we're rushing and hustling about before everything closes. Well, this is what it's like Friday night. It's a Friday evening, Friday afternoon. So they're, they're buying this because as soon as Friday evening comes, they've got to stop. They've got to Shabbat. And so they're at home. They've, they've got their meal prepared, ready to go. And so evening comes and they light the ceremony candle. And, and, and this candle represents the seventh day rest, this rest day. And then they have a feast to celebrate. It's my kind of day, really. <laughs> they have this feast celebrating this day of the rest. They're in this rest and, they, and they're singing psalms and they're praying and it's beautiful. And then they wake, then they go to sleep and they wake up in the morning. They, they, their day begins from rest. Then, then they walk down to the, their local synagogue with this reading of scripture, with this singing together, this congregation, and, and encouraging one another. And the reason they walked to the synagogue, because you can't drive. Because driving is considered work. In fact, there's no, they don't use, there's no devices, no technology, no phones. Doesn't that sound amazing? Honestly. I think that for some of you it sounds like, Sounds like hell, but, but I'm telling you, 
if we could put down our phones for a moment, if we could put down our devices and be aware of what's going on, and this is what they do. This is what they do today. They, they're not on their phones. They're not, not checking emails. You know, the thing about the phone, I don't know about you, but I seem even busier with my phone. I'm getting all that work emails. Even when I'm at home, I'm reading emails. And I've, I've been teaching myself not to look at my phone. And, I, and honestly, I, and I, make a, I actually make a conscious decision that I'm not going to be looking at my phone. I set times where I look at it. And so I try to control that because it just takes over everything and you constantly, you're thinking, I try to rest. And I literally rest from my phone. And so they do this and then, and then, and then after, after, after the synagogue, they might go for a picnic together as a family or, or eat at home and then they might read a book because there's no Netflix. <laughs> so they're reading a book or, or whichever. And then they come together and they have another meal as they begin to blow out the candle to anticipate the next Sabbath day rest. That sounds beautiful. That sounds amazing. And, and, and this whole thing was a picture of what the seventh day rest looked like, that it was coming, that it was on its way, that, that, that the age to come will burst into the present age right where we are. And it's just like what the temple was to a place is what the Sabbath is to time. It's a it's cathedral in time. So the seventh day is an anticipation of God bringing into reality his rest and reign. But when Jesus arrives, when Jesus comes on the scene, think back 2,000 years ago, he enters on the scene, he turns everything upside down. Or maybe he turns everything the right way up. So I don't know about you, when Jesus entered my life, my life was turned upside down. But actually, it wasn't. It was actually turned the right way up. I had been living my life like this. And he turned my, my life the right way up. And he comes and he turns everything the right way up. And he bursts burst into his ministry with this, with this with the verse. If you've been coming along to the church this year, you'll be very familiar with this verse. Mark chapter 1, verse 14. And it goes like this. Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the euangelion, the good news, this royal proclamation the good news of God and saying, the time is fulfilled. This anticipation, this thing that you've been waiting for, it is here, it is now. It has been fulfilled. The Sabbath, it has been fulfilled. Everything that the prophets, the Torah, the law, everything that's been pointing to, it has been fulfilled right here. Right, and I am the one who's bringing it in, into reality. Everybody's like, whoa, what did he just say? If there was a drop mic moment, he just dropped the mic and walked off. It has been fulfilled right here, right now. And the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in this royal declaration. Believe in this good news. In fact, we, we find in Matthew 12, 8, Jesus calls himself the Lord of the Sabbaths. The Lord of the Sabbath. He was bringing the whole storyline of the scriptures into Reality. The whole storyline of the Jewish scriptures is about God's mission to restore the nations to his, in his will to this ultimate rest. This is the culmination of Genesis chapter 1. This is the seventh day rest. He's, he's bringing it into reality. Jesus is saying that the thing that you've been waiting for, that thing that every seventh day you've been celebrating, all these festivals that you've been celebrating, all, everything that the prophets are talking about, it's talking about me. I am the Sabbath day. I am their rest. 
and I'm bringing it into reality right here before your very eyes. And how did Jesus do that? He did that by, by healing the blind. He did that by forgiving a woman who was caught in adultery. He did that by welcoming in people that people had rejected, welcoming in the tax collectors. He did that by setting up communities where they, where, uh, where, where they, they shared his love. He did that by forgiving people. He did that by bringing heaven down to earth. This is how God, Jesus began to bring this into reality. In fact, Jesus goes on to say this in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Jesus says this, Come to me. Come to me, all you that are weary. Is anybody weary? Come to me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens. Is anybody carrying heavy burdens? And I will give you, I will give you what? I will give you rest. That thing that you've been anticipating. That thing that you've been waiting for. I am the Lord of the Sabbaths. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. What's a yoke? I'm not talking about an egg here. Oh, I prefer whites, more protein. He's not talking about the, the, the yoke that, and so the, uh, the Bible, in those times, they knew exactly what a yoke was. A yoke is like a wooden beam that connects two, um, two like, oxen together at the neck. And so they can begin to pull heavy loads together. This is, this is, what, this is what Jesus is talking about, this, this yoke. But here's the thing. It's, it's what they're joined together with. Here's a question for you. That I want, here's a question for you. What are you joined with right now? What have you joined yourself to that is pulling you back from the will of God? What have you joined yourself with that is, that is laying heavy weight on it that is burdening you right now? What have you joined yourself with? Because everybody is yoked to something. You're all, everybody in this room is yoked to something. You're either yoked to something you've joined yourself with or you're yoked with Christ. And from, I know what you're saying, because I would say this many times myself, oh, I'm yoked to Christ. But if I'm honest with myself, there's some things in my life that I've yoked with that I need to let go of. And if you're honest with yourself, there's some things in your life that you need to un unyoke yourself from. What does it look like for you? Maybe for some of us, we're still yoked to our past failures. Maybe, maybe for you, it's a failed, failed marriage or a failed relationship. Or maybe for you, it's parenthood. You failed in parenthood. You feel like you failed there. Or maybe it's unforgiveness. You just can't forgive that person. Well, past is easy for you to say, but you don't know what they did to me. And you're still yoked there. We're still holding on to those things. Maybe it's failed in finances. You're supposed to be the one to bring in the money, but now you can't. And you don't feel good enough. What are you being yoked to? What are you being yoked to that is holding you back right now? Because you know, I know, <laughs> I've been there many times. I know what that pressure feels like. That you just want to give up. Because it's too heavy. You, you, you try to share to people, but for whatever, whatever, whatever reason, you just you keep it quiet. And you take the load yourself. You're struggling. It's heavy. 
I'm here to tell you, you know, if you get tired, learn. Learn to rest and not to quit. According to the Taylor Swift translation, I don't know if you're familiar with that translation, it says this, it's time to shake it off. Come on. It's time to shake off that yoke. It's time to shake off that yoke that's been weighing you down far too long that it needs to. It's time to be free. It's time to shake it off. And I know what you're saying. You've tried, right? You've, you've come to Jesus. You've come up to the front for prayer. Someone's laid their hands on you and prayed this amazing prayer. But you find yourself stuck again. Have you been there before? I've tried. I've prayed the prayer. People laid their hands on I still feel stuck. It just doesn't work. But here's the problem. The reason why you still feel stuck, because in order to put on the yoke of Jesus, you have to be willing to take off the yoke that weighs you down. But for many of us, we're not willing, because you don't know what they did to me. You don't know how they've, they've hurt me. You don't know what they did to me. So I'm going to keep this yoke on. I'm, I'll try to yoke on with Jesus, and maybe it will work its way off, but it doesn't work like that. We have to be willing to lay that down. Will you lay it down? Will you lay down the thing that is holding you back? Unforgiveness, failed relationship, failed finances, unworthiness. I'm not good enough. Are you willing to lay it down? Because when we learn to lay it down, what does Jesus say? Come to me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Some of you in this room, you're desperate for rest. You're tired. You're desperate for rest. I want us to do something practical. I want everybody, wherever you are, close your eyes. If you're at home, close your eyes as well. No one's looking at you, just that person next to you. Don't look at them. No, just kidding. Just close your eyes. Couldn't help myself, sorry. Close your eyes. And, and I, want you to, what, I want you to put your hand out in front of you. And I want you to imagine that you're holding an, a yoke, a wooden yoke. And what's attached to it is that thing that's holding you back. I don't know what it is for you. You know what it is. Come on, be honest. Maybe it's an addiction of some kind. You know what? You know what? You know exactly what you shouldn't be doing. And you're doing it anyway. That hidden sin that, that no one else knows but you know. You're yoked to it. it could be unforgiveness. It could be your past. It could be your sorrow. Whatever it is. I want you to hold, you're holding it and it's heavy. And standing right before you is Jesus. He's looking at you. And, you, and I want, to, want you to see Jesus' eyes. There's no condemnation in his eyes. There's, there's no, there's no, he's not, there's no judgment at all. Oh, well, look at you, you did it again. No judgment. There's nothing. Well, in his hands is love, forgiveness, joy, and hope. It's the yoke that he wants to give to you. But in order for us to to receive his joy, receive his forgiveness. Come on, wherever you are, and you're, and, and just, just see, you know, you're holding this thing that's holding you down and lay it at his feet. Jesus, I'm laying this thing, this thing, this, because uh, I need your rest. I'm laying this thing down and, and lay it at his feet and begin to receive his love, receive his forgiveness. Come to me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. That's what I want. I'm canceling that debt. Nobody owes me anything. 
I'm stepping into my rest. I'm stepping into my purpose. I'm stepping, Lord, into your will. Right here, right now. I'm letting go to receive. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on, all, all eyes up. Before we close, I'm going to close really, really, very soon. You know what we do? We've laid this down. This is great. I don't know about you. You feel, you feel, you feel light. You feel really good. This is what we tend to do. We go, thank you, Jesus. We praise Jesus. That's so good. And then you go, okay, I'm off now. And we go, and then we go, oh, wait, wait, sorry. I forgot something. Sorry. <clears throat> See you tomorrow, Jesus. And we pick it up again. We pick it up again. It's not just a one-day thing. It's a daily thing we've got to do. We've got to lay this at his feet. This is why Jesus says in verse 29, take my yoke upon you and, what does it say? Learn from me. Learn not to pick this up. So daily, Lord, I'm coming before you. I'm laying this thing at your feet. I'm coming daily before you until you learn not to pick it up. And if you pick it up again, learn again, keep putting it at his feet and you will find freedom like never before. That thing that you've been struggling with because you've been carrying it too long, it's time to put it, lay it at his feet, shake it off. Shake it off. Lay it at his feet. Come on, be serious with your faith. Be serious with your faith. Don't shake it off. Daily perform laying at his feet. And when you do, you'll learn to find freedom. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. See, it's time to step into the Sabbath rest. Jesus is our Sabbath. If you get tired, learn to rest, but never quit.